Hi guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Courtney, and we are the ladies behind Court and Kelly on Instagram and the founders of the Lifestyle Blog Mimosas in Manhattan. Back with yet another episode of So Random. How are you, Court? Wow, what a new day. We're into August. And as all the Swifties, all the Taylor Swifties say, this is the month where they really come out of the woodwork. Why? Because Taylor Swift wrote that entire last album, um, Folklore, and then the one that she wrote right after that one. I forget what it's called. And it all had to do with August, like the month of August. Oh, she loves August. She loves August. So there's all these memes going around with all the Swifties, like, rising from the ashes for August. Is she a Leo? I have no idea. I I wish I knew more about Taylor Swift and I really appreciate the Swifties. Like I have some Swifties in my life and I appreciate what they do for the cause. Like they know everything about, they listen to her songs and look for little Easter eggs and all these hints. It's not just like being a fan of her hers. They're like part of the FBI almost. Yeah. They live and breathe Taylor Swift. I have a Swifty friend and whenever we go to her apartment, we watch Taylor Swift videos. Like that's what we do. And it's, it's really fun. Like I'm not into it, but she's like explains all the meanings behind everything. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Like I see, I see the allure of the folklore. Yeah. It's, it's definitely genius what she's done. And I appreciate it too. I'm like, if you are into it, like I appreciate that. I always had a newfound appreciation for her after we watched that documentary on Netflix and watching her do like her song process was fascinating to me. You know, I watched that because I watched at a birthday party, like my (laughs) friend's birthday party theme was everybody come and like, we're going to watch Taylor Swift's documentary together, but it was amazing. It was like such a fun birthday idea. Cause we like all sat around and like talked about it. Wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. It was, (laughs) we should do that, but with like housewives. Yeah. Like I love, um, how Kathy Hilton just had a whole viewing party at her house. I think that's amazing, especially because she got the villain edit or she's going to get the villain edit this season, but Hey, bitch still wants to celebrate herself. And I love it. Exactly. Okay. So last week we kind of, um, left off on a little moving Q and a, you were moving into your brand new apartment with Johnny, which is super exciting. So let's just kind of get an update. Like you've been there now almost a month. Oh my God. That's so crazy. Well, like a couple weeks I moved in the 15 or on the 15th. I'm definitely still getting settled in this whole new situation. And he's actually working from home this whole month. So that is something I didn't know was going to (laughs) happen. So we're definitely learning when times of the day that we speak to each other and the times that we pretend the other one does not exist. Um, but I remember you telling me that when he does work from home, like you don't see him because his job is very intense and like he kind of, he's very like focused in very, very in, which is nice. Like he's on calls all day long, which is nice. And I never understood. So Kyle once said this thing to me and I thought it was the most bizarre thing I've ever heard in the entire world. And now I totally get it. He was like, I, I need seven maintenance hugs a day and three love hugs. 
And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I literally didn't get it. But throughout the day, I'll go over there just to check in and like give a maintenance hug. Like, do we still, is this still, are we glad we did this? (laughs) This is so bizarre to me because like, you hate being touched. Like if anything, I would have thought that it was the other way around. Oh no. My love language I found out is like 98% physical touch. Oh yeah. You guys like to touch. I've always forget. You don't like to be touched by a lot of people except for Doug. Yes. And your mom maybe. Um, no, she like doesn't, she refuses (laughs) to touch me. (laughs) She she does not like physical touch. It's a very bizarre thing. Like all, I just want, I want to always hold hands. (laughs) And he's like, you're like like negative 2% physical touch. Oh yeah. That's definitely not, but it's not my love language, even with friends or family. It's not my love language with any humans really, (laughs) um, at all. Like I, that's just, it's just not my way of expressing, but I appreciate that it's other people's because it's just so different from what mine is where like mine is so much more um, acts of service in like doing things for each other or things like that. But Kyle definitely needs that. Like, uh, touching. Yes. I am Kyle. I am Kyle. You are Kyle. Wait, can you tell what Kyle did on Saturday, on Friday? That was so, that's like literally your love language encapsulated in what he did. So Kyle went to Miami this weekend for a friend's birthday. And I kind of was just planning on having like this very chill weekend, just kind of alone and just relax, relaxation. So Kyle went out and bought all of these different things that I like, like Spindrift being my favorite sparkling water, my favorite pizza. And he did a little maze around the apartment. So like when I woke up, it was like, go to the kitchen and then you'll find- hunt. Yeah. A scavenger hunt, not a maze. Scavenger hunt. Ooh, through hay bales around the hallways. (laughs) So I opened the fridge and then there was my first thing. And then it's like, okay, now check the cabinet and then check the freezer. So it had all these like really fun little, like little scavenger thingies. Yes. That's so sweet. But that's like such a thing that you would appreciate. Oh yeah. I think anybody would appreciate that, but it really speaks to your love language. Yeah. It definitely is my, my love language, but yeah, it's so interesting when you're figuring those things out, when you like first move in with somebody and yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's probably a little bit different because you guys are both working from home right now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm definitely getting situated. Like I've, my anxiety has been heightened, like just ways because I'm learning somebody else's patterns. And it's like, I have to learn their patterns now. It's not just mine. You know what I'm saying? But I'm making it a goal for myself to like, make sure I'm doing my morning routine. Like I used to do, because that really changes my whole entire day. Like I have to get up and I have to go for a walk. And that's going to be like a new non-negotiable. Cause I really think it sets the tone for the day. Yeah. It's tough because when you live with somebody else, your routines and like the way you live your life can drastically change because of the person that you're constantly surrounded by. So it is good to like, take a second and be like, okay, but what do I need? Cause that can just be different from what the other person needs. Yes. Yeah. And like, I think I need to bring meditation back in. I was really good about it, but yeah, God, it's so freaking hard. Yeah. That that's definitely not like my thing, but (laughs) I, 
I struggle with sitting there, but if it's your thing, then I, and I love it and appreciate it. Cause it's not an easy thing to do. No, it's not easy. I can do like 10, 15 minutes max people I listen to on podcasts. They're like, Oh yeah, I meditate an hour a day. And I'm like, I would literally, I would give myself a panic attack if I I'm did like, that. I'm just so curious, like how people have that hour. Like that's yeah. such a long time. Like even for me to give, cause I guess for my workouts, it's like, okay, it takes me like 30 minutes to get to my class, 30 minutes to get home plus 45 minutes. It's like, that is almost two hours of my day. And I almost, yeah. obviously it's good. I do it and make time for it because it's good for me. But yeah, it's like, by the time I get home, it's, you know, you're like, okay, it, it takes up time. But I but think that's your meditation time. Yeah. You know, and there, it's true. interesting. Cause I think there's some workouts for me, like yoga is my meditation time, obviously, but I've been doing this other workout called 305 and I'll talk about it a little bit later, but that's not a meditation for me. Cause it's so insane, but it's so fun. But we'll talk about it later. Anyway, what's going on with you? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So I was going to kind of chat about something a little bit more serious today and oh. fun. Well, not oh. really fun, but me and my sisters were just talking yesterday about, you know, we're all, I'm going to be 30 in April. We're all a year and a half apart. So we're between the ages of like 32 and 28. And so Kelly and I's grandpa had had this I don't really know what it's exactly called, but he was in a wheelchair the majority of his life, yeah. our papa. And so my sisters and I were just chatting recently with our mom about like doing this genetic testing to like, just to basically see if we're like carriers of yeah. this gene disease. I think it's a genetic, I think it was a genetic disorder. It was a, yes. it was some type of, it's definitely genetic. I don't remember what it's called. Yeah. So my sisters and I were talking about it and my older sister was like, oh, you know, you, you should just get it. Even if you don't want to have kids, like it's really important to like do this. I mean, it, it's more or less like she's like, I want to have kids no matter what, even if I am a carrier of this, like I'm still going to have kids. But yeah. like, I was kind of like, this is something I kind of do want to do because I'm so on the fence. Like I'm like 50, 50 on how I feel about having kids. And I remember talking to somebody about this once and they were like, Oh, you guys should talk about that on the podcast because I feel like it's a topic that people don't really talk about, about being not being totally sure. Cause I do a feel like sometimes, sometimes you either have to be in one camp of like, Oh my God, I, I was like born to do this or the camp of like, I wasn't, and I don't want them, but I rarely talk to people that are like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so awesome. You're very open about being like, I don't know. And a lot of people don't say that, you yeah. know, like they're, like you said, they're either totally one way or another, but I think it's good to be like, well, I don't know. Let's weigh all these options. Like if that, if I were potentially to be a carrier of something, like, would I want to go through with it? And, and mm -hmm. like weighing those different options like that. I also think like, a lot of women are like, oh, I don't know, maybe when I hit this age, I'll want them or hit this age just to like hit these milestones. But maybe that never happens. And that's totally a thousand percent. OK, but I also think it's because like your partner is 50 50 on it as well. Yeah. From what I understand. Yeah. We're not in a situation where one of us feels 
more intensely about it than the other one, which is interesting. Cause I feel like majority there's usually one of the two that really wants to have kids where we're both just like, I don't know. And it's been like, we'll think about that later. Yeah. I also think in the environment that we're in right now, I don't, I have one best friend that just had a baby and it's yeah. like the first, Oh, I guess, well, I guess I have two really good friends now. So, but they, I don't live at this time. Like I live in New York. I don't live near either of them. And none of my friends here in New York really have kids. So we're not in this environment. And we're also living in New York city, which is just not an environment conducive to like having children. Yeah. And I've always been like, okay, maybe I do that where I'm like, okay, I'm going to think about it seriously when I'm like 32. 33, 34, 35. Like that's kind of the spot where I want to like really seriously think about it. Where right now it's just so hard. Cause like, I hate the pressure of feeling like I have to know yeah. if, if I want to do that or not. And so I guess I just wanted to talk about this because I wanted to say, it's like totally fine to not, to not know right now. Like just because it back, our parents had kids really young. Like so many more people are having kids like 35 to 40 now. And that's, that's very so normal. But I also think to your point, like I've never really felt the pressure of getting married because I've always lived in like New York or LA where none of my friends were married. Like the majority of my friends are still not married. So I think like geographically where you are, it totally impacts like those quote unquote life milestones. And when you do them, however, question, cause I've been like kind of playing with this. Would you ever think about freezing your eggs? I don't, I don't think so. I, and it's honestly a financial thing for me because it's so, so expensive. expensive. And I almost feel like I am so, um, I try so hard to like save my money that at that point I would just make the decision. Cause yeah. I don't even know if it's like an age thing. It's more like, is this a journey I want to go on or isn't it? I think what's going to really help me figure that out is when my sisters start having kids and like, if I do decide at some point in my life to like move back to Cincinnati, being yeah. around like very close friends with kids will help me kind of have that better realization. Do I just want to be an aunt, which I actually talked to your sister, Kelly's sister, Kate, about this. She was like, she just reminded me that like, you can still be a mom in so many ways. She was like, you can be a dog mom. You can be an aunt mom. Totally. You can be a godmother. Like it doesn't have to be that you have to have like your biological kids, a traditional sense. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, you don't have to have it in the traditional sense. Like you can take your time now and like making that decision. So yeah. I thought that was really good advice. And I, I, I think that that's kind of the road that I feel like I'll go down when I am more in that environment of like being an aunt or like godmother to people. I think that's this conversation will resonate with a lot of people because I think you're right. People don't want to be like, I don't know. Like I have no idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. I do think my sister's advice is really good because when she had her baby, the connection I felt to this kid was so overwhelming. Like I was having sleep anxiety about what was happening with the kid, <laughs> the kid <laughs> <laughs> with the baby. We're like, I'm just the aunt you know, but I was still having this like connection where it felt like I was the mom. But see, that's what worries me. I have, it's like, I think I could do it. It's my anxiety. I don't know. Yeah. Like my anxiety can handle like having a child. I don't yeah. know. If I, like, but I, I've talked to friends about that. Like my good friend who 
her baby just turned one. And she was like, listen, like I'm on medication. Like you figure I talk to my therapist once to twice a week. Like you will make do she's like the anxiety that you feel if you're already an anxious person, which I am. And then adding all of this on top of it, she's like, you're going to be okay. So like that made me feel a little bit better, but I think like I struggle so much with the anxiety portion of like feeling like I have to take care of like, sometimes when I'm hungover on Sunday, I'm like, could you imagine if you like threw in like a living breathing person like into the mix? But obviously I know I won't the chances of hopefully (laughs) not being like super hungover, but like, yeah, I think I'm just not in that stage of like life mentally of even thinking about it. Like we're totally me, like, we're just not like, I think anybody really living in New York city right now at our age, just we're not there. There. We're so behind like all of our (laughs) friends. They're like behind just in a different way. Like, yes. In a totally different way where we've pursued, like I look back on my twenties and I'm like, I cannot believe the stuff that we have been able to do like that. This platform has afforded us to do. It's really insane. And like a lot of acquaintances from like Virginia tech, they've had babies since they were 24 and they have homes. And on Sundays when I'm hungover, I'm like, Oh my God, I want to be in that home with that dog. (laughs) But then Thursday night rolls around and I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think about that too, with traveling. Like there's so many more places I want to go and things to see, but not that, but the other side of it is I do feel like, you know, we follow uh, one of our good friends, Tara and Zach bros. They just had a daughter and they're travel bloggers. And I just, they inspire me so much and that having a family, but also like still living there, like going out, they travel all the time and they've made it work for their family. Um, so those are like little things that there, I love that nowadays there's not a traditional family. Like it, it does help my anxiety. And like, there's so many different ways of families that like, we didn't know about like my, one of my best friends from high school has her family she's a lesbian. So it's like her and her wife. And then they have an adopted son that they fostered. And then also her nephew that she has 50% custody of. And then they're also having a baby. So it's like, there's no such thing as like this traditional family anymore. And like it, that makes me happy that there's so many ways that we can, they also have like five dogs and like five cats. I stayed the night at their house once. And I was like, I actually very into this. (laughs) I know. I feel like you would like, that's like a petting zoo. It was amazing. (laughs) I feel like you would like that a lot, (laughs) but anyway, not to make this a whole long thing, but yeah, that was just kind of what I wanted to talk about because it was something that came up this week and I I just ordered this test actually. So I'm, I'm very interested to take it. Let me know what, let me know what happens. I will. I will. Actually, I think your mom will be calling to take it too. (laughs) Cause my mom was like, Oh, I talked to aunt Peggy about this. So she's like, she's going to talk to the kids, but yeah, technically I think just, if you have a a history of any sort of like genetic disorders in your family, like take this, not that like it could shift your way of thinking, but it's just better to like have the knowledge going into it than not having the knowledge. I mean, we're so lucky these days that we have all these resources at our fingertips to do these types of things. Also, one of the reasons quickly I brought up egg freezing is because our girlfriend Lex, um, she just did some like research or I guess a consultation about egg freezing. I was like, Oh, I think maybe it's just good to know the information and the resources that could 
like be available to us, you know, especially 100%. now that I'm 30, I'm like, okay, well, what do I think about that type of stuff? Oh my God. I didn't know we were going to have this conversation today. <laughs> well, I know because I'm looking at the next thing we're talking about and it's like, let's okay. pivot. Now we're going to talk about Charlie D'Amelio. Speaking of our children, okay. pop culture updates. <laughs> okay. So the celebs are asleep again. Remember they were sleeping in the beginning of the summer, then they came back, but they took, they're taking a little nap again. So our celebrity news today and trend alert on TikTok is all stemming from the Kardashian adjacent drama. So Charlie D'Amelio, who I'm sure you guys all know, huge TikTok star. She was like one of the biggest TikTokers who came out of the pandemic. I remember at one point, like, right. She went from like a million to a hundred million within like two weeks, which is so insane. So she's now rumored to be dating Travis Barker's son, Landon, who was previously Lil Huddy. Actually now it's just Huddy because he's not Lil anymore now that he's you know, 18. not 18, he's 19. <laughs> so Charlie is now dating Landon, who was Huddy's best friend. As a reminder, Travis Barker brought Huddy to the Kravis Italian extravaganza only a few months ago. And also like a weird stem of this is that Huddy and Travis Barker work together on a lot of songs. So he came out with this 15 second clip from his new song, All the Things I Hate About You, in which he calls D'Amelio a homie hopper. <laughs> but like, okay, hold up. At 19, aren't we all homie hoppers? <laughs> like- so I've been a homie. I mean, we've all, I mean, I got in a lot of trouble for once being a homie hopper. So, but you know what? We were all, we've all been there. Yeah. We've all hopped on a homie. Oh, that's not a good thing to say, but you guys know what I mean? Especially at 18, 19, like that's just what you're going to do. But anyway, the whole thing that I think is so interesting is that he knew Lil Huddy and because he got famous on TikTok, he knew exactly what to say within this 15 second clip that he released to gain so much virality and PR for his song that's about to come out. Like he knew when to drop it. He knew how to drop it. And then he's going to come out with his single in a couple weeks. And we all know the hook. I'm a homie or you're a, you're a drama starter, a homie hopper, something, something anyway. So it's now this whole new trend and everybody's going down. Like if they've, if they've done that before, but I just yeah. think it's so interesting that these kids know how to create virality with these things. Yeah, they're all, I mean, it's the key is just hooking onto the Kardashians and stuff. Like they all are just following Addison Ray. Like, how can we get close to them and then get within their media wheel? Oh my God, you're so right. Do you think Charlie was like, what is my degree of separation to the Kardashian and how can I get closer? Yeah, a hundred percent. And now like, 100%. yeah, it's, that's what, that's what's happening. Um, but to jump, not to jump ship, but, um, to jump into our Serenum watch party, Ooh. not about the Kardashians, but no. just about real housewives, ultimate girls trip season two, Ooh. it was so epic. And I just am really excited to chit chat about it. It was so epic. So we, my friends are packing up the car and we're heading to the Berkshires. The last podcast, we talked about wanting to do a deep dive into Ultimate Girls Trip. So here we go. Overall, what's like your overall consensus? Okay. So my overall consensus on Real Housewives, Ultimate Girls Trip, season two of the Berkshires, Ex-Wives Club, or whatever it was called. It had like the longest name. <laughs> so I thought it was amazing. I, I did think it was way better than season one because there's nothing better than bringing back 
thirsty housewives. Like they're going to perform and give you the drama. If it's the last thing they do They're yes. they brought it every single Vicki Gungelson did not bring it every single day, but everybody else brought it. They came to work. Every single yeah. one of them showed they, up every day. They all wanted their peach, their diamond, their whatever else back. And they were ready to lay it down on the line, which we've now found out that it has benefited both Tamra and what's her face? Taylor, Taylor Armstrong, Taylor Armstrong, because they are now both back on real housewives of orange County because of their performance. They deserve it. They deserve it. I know this is such a hot take and people don't agree with this, but you know that I listen to two teas in a pod, which is Tamra and Teddy Mellencamp's podcast. Ever since listening to that, I love Tamra judge. Like I think we would hang out with her. I think her, I mean, so many Bravo podcasts have come out saying like they have an amazing podcast. Like no matter your thoughts on either one of them, like they do such a great job. And like, I think Andy has kind of realized that like, cause he was on the fence about letting Tamar come back because she had a podcast about the Bravo shows, but like you need somebody who's calculated, who gets it. And like, I, I enjoy breaking the fourth wall. I know he doesn't want to do that on the actual housewife shows, but it makes real housewives, the ultimate girls trips so much more relatable and like realistic because we know that they're not cutting shit out. Like they're laying it all out on the line. Yeah. And I feel like Tamara knows how to stay relevant. And I think Andy has seen that she knows how to stay relevant. Like besides Vicky hasn't really, she was going to start a podcast and like all this stuff happened. She like, hasn't really been staying that relevant besides ex-wives club, you know? Agreed. And she didn't, she was like sick. I mean, I get it. She had gone through the breakup and all of that, but like you could just tell she was in a bad mood from the moment she sat, stepped foot on the set and she like, did not want to be there. She didn't want to be there. I think what she wanted was for it to really be about her. And I think there were so many other things. I, I think the biggest disappointment of the show for me was Dorinda because in this Ooh. pause time, I think a lot of us like kind of missed her or like thought back on the old school Dorinda, you know, we really wanted her back on our screens. And then when she came back on our screens, we were like, what is going on? I mean, I honestly think like, she's like sort of evil or maybe her drunk version's evil. I just never seen somebody be so different, sober versus drunk. She, but even I was going to say, like, I think it's just drunk her, but remember that morning where she got up and started screaming at Tamara about having a cupcake in the bedroom. Like I thought she was kidding at first. And I think she felt a lot of pressure about making this a really good show. Like, I think she felt pressure about obviously her home and like the location, but I think she felt like almost like a producer of the show. And you could tell that when she was screaming at her in the morning, I think she was thinking like, this is good for TV as opposed to like, how would I actually react in this moment if the cameras weren't there? Yeah. And, and I've seen posts like that should never be at somebody's, it needs to be on neutral ground because we don't think like that obviously didn't bring out the best in her. It was bad. Like, Oh my God. I just, I just remember the part like where her being so mean to Jill, Jill Zarin and Jill Zarin was crying and just like, she was just like, stop. Like she was like, Like, get away from me. He was like, get away from me. And she was just being so mean. And I know you've had like some encounters yourself with Jill Zarin, (laughs) which I'm curious about randomly. Like yeah, you've, you've run into her a lot. We have like randomly crossed paths a lot in life. 
And every time I've seen her, she is, she's a pretty lovely person. Like she's pretty down to earth. And, but like when people say she's the thirstiest person on the planet, like she's so thirsty on two separate occasions. So I'm like 22 at this point and I'm working in beauty PR. And like one of the best things about working in beauty PR is like, you just give product out all the time. Like whenever we would see friends, I would come and just dump out products on the bed. You know, like you just get so, so much. So she was always emailing me and requesting beauty products, free dinners, free, like always asking for something for free, which is fine. I mean, like we essentially do the same thing, but when you're like that rich and older, I just can't imagine being so shameless to reach out to a 22 year old and be like, send me a bag of free beauty products. <laughs> I know that what is I'm weird. Saying. I, I remember the one time she was at the same hair salon salon as us, she was like on the phone. It was oh God, never I totally forgot about that. That was my only time I've seen her in real life. Like, but I mean, her voice is so recognizable that we like sat down and she was like, ah, like, you know, like, Abby. Voice, yeah. It's so, I knew exactly who it was right away. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that she's here. Yeah. She's exactly who she is in real life as she is on screen, which I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good thing. My other funny thing is I would invite her and her daughter to events. And I was so stressed at one event, like so, so stressed. I was running the door. I'm like getting screamed at by my boss for who knows what. And she comes up to me and she's like, I need a goodie bag before I leave. And I was like, I don't know where they are. I, I, I just can't even think about that right now. And I was like, I will messenger you a goodie bag tomorrow, literally tomorrow. Five minutes goes by and she's like, all right, I'm leaving. And she's like walking out the door. She has two goodie bags walking out the door. It's <laughs> like, where did you get those? Like half the time now at events, I do, I go out of my way to not get the goodie bag because I don't yeah. want the, like, it's just usually like you, it's just stuff that you don't need yeah. in the bags. Like, yeah. You don't need and. She didn't take one. She took two, (laughs) but she was really good about setting me and her daughter up, her daughter, Allie. And we went out to drinks and did like, I think one or two events together. And her daughter is lovely. Like she's really, really nice. She reminds me of those kids. Did you ever watch NYC prep on Bravo? Yes, of course. She is NYC prep. I loved NYC prep. I just did a rewatch recently. It's on, uh, might be on Peacock and Bravo Bravo TV. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you're looking for something to dive into, okay. So I wanted to talk really quickly because last night was, well, we're recording this on Tuesday. So last night is in Monday night was the love Island UK season eight finale. finale. Love Island UK season eight has been so much fun. I've really enjoyed watching it. It's been like my little treat every single night because I've been watching it on the VPN. I technically, my laptop lives in Buckingham palace right now. (laughs) So every night I log on and I get to watch an episode and it's something I look for. I was looking forward to every single day of summer. I was like, Oh, I get like a new episode tonight. So I'm just super bummed that it's come to an end, but I know somebody had asked us to kind of recap a little bit. And so obviously it's hard. I'm not going to say who won because I know a lot of people are watching it on Hulu and they're, I think two weeks behind. So I'll just say kind of my overall like favorites. Um, 
of course, of course, since the moment she walked into that villa as a bombshell, I can sue the Turkish delight is my numero uno. It's so funny. Cause I liked her from the moment she walked in and people still DM me like, why do you like her? And I'm like, how do you not like her? This girl's like, so unapologetically herself. I wanted to read a little bit about, uh, vice did an article about her. And I just wanted to read kind of like the first part, because I think it's just exactly how I feel about her. And when people ask me if, cause I think some people aren't there in the show where it's the public because the show comes on every single day and you're there in the villa as it's happening, like uh, the public's like perception of people change so quickly. And so I think people's thoughts really change after a certain point. And Vice did this article and it just says Ekansu is the undisputed main character of Love Island 2022. I believe in the Ekansu premacy. In Ekansu, we trust. Um, so just this <laughs> one little paragraph, I think it's just so amazing because it's very true. The last two years have been absolutely terrible for Love Island fans. The show wants a light hearted comic and cringe display of heterosexual antics was hit by a twin was hit by the twin afflictions of real life tragedy and serious thick pieces alike in 2019 and 2021. Viewer figures have dropped um, since 2021. Memories of the good old days of Love Island, a dazzling dream like year of high drama and low stakes when the show coincided with the 2018 World Cup. Felt increasingly like a hazy mirage. But just in the nick of time, a single hero has saved the series. Perhaps the entire show from cultural ruin. Cue audience scream and applause for Ekin Sue. I just think it's an amazing way to like encapsulate her. You know, she's a person that came into that villa just so unapologetically, unapologetically herself. Even when she did something wrong, I just loved the way she handled things. She just amazing television. One of the best casting decisions that I've ever seen on a reality TV show. And then of course you bring in Davide, they fight all the time, but then somehow they've just really won us over. And so of course I'm rooting for them, um, all the way through to the end. And I just, you know, I think my thoughts on Tasha really changed throughout the series. Um, she was the first deaf love Island contestant ever. I wish love Island spent a lot more time on her story. That was a really big, I think, waste opportunity on their part. There was just so much they could have taught us about how her experience was in the villa versus like anybody else without having this hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Loss of hearing. And you know, the bachelor just had their first, um, deaf contestant on, and they really focused on her story. And I loved that the bachelor did that. So I was a little bit bummed about love Island, but her dad has actually, while she's been in the villa, come out a lot and talked about her experience and who she is as a person, which I think has really helped the viewers. Like I think everybody really turned a corner with her and then her relationship. And so I was really during the finale, her speech and her, and, um, Andrew's speech was probably the one, I mean, I was sitting there crying when Tasha's parents came in the villa, I sat there and cried because I just think that we kind of got to know a little bit more about, you know, he talked about how every single night he takes out her like implant that she has in her ear before she goes to bed. Like he does that. And that was just the sweetest thing. Like we didn't get to see those moments, but it was nice to get to see that in the finale. So I'm getting emotional. I know it's, it was a really good series, but it's hard because it's so many episodes. So I think many. in total, there's going to be 60. There was, that was just 57 and they're 45 minute episodes. <laughs> so what are you going to replace 
what show is going to replace it now for you? Well, now everybody's telling me to watch, um, Love Island USA. It's just for me, Love Island is the, is the UK. I don't want to watch watch the culture without the British accents. Like I, I don't think I'm going to like it, but people are telling me it's really good and I should just do it. But I might just go and start a new, um, series. Cause I've only watched, I do tell people if you want to start my absolute favorite series of all time of Love Island is UK season five. I believe it's the one with Molly May, Maura Higgins, Tommy Fury. Um, it's amazing. And it is what will like hook you onto the show. So I might go back and like watch an old series. Are they proper fit, proper fit, proper good chat. It's just so good. I'm going to miss it. It's, it makes it like, yeah. You know, when you have that thing that you look forward to and then it's, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's gone. And then it's gone. <laughs> Mine was married at first sight, but I finally caught up and I'm finished with it now. I know. I'm going to have to start that. It's, it's really good. Other things that we love and that are really good. Time for so random things we love and that are really good. <laughs> so I talked about this in the beginning a little, but 305, I kind of started it during the pandemic. So if you're not in New York, I think they also have these classes in DC, but it's basically like berries, except you dance instead of run. And then you switch to weights and then you switch back to running or to dancing. And it is so much fun. Like the lights are off. It's a, it's a full rave. Like I could be effed up in this dance class. Cause it's like, bloop, 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 like strobe lights. There's a live DJ and your instructor. And at one point at my last class, like I'm on all fours twerking and I was dripping. <laughs> it's hard. Do, do you feel like it's hard? Like it's, I did it once. I'm just not coordinated. It's very hard. Like, especially I love to dance. So when I get really, really into it, I can't really hold back. And, you know, I love spirit fingers and I really like just get the whole thing going. So then next thing, you know, I'm like, (gasps) and the instructors are usually going around like, yes, bitch, twerk your ass. (laughs) They literally are saying that. And I'm like, okay, I'm screaming. And like literally John's on a call about compliance with the FCC (laughs) and I'm screaming, twerk your ass in the background. (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway, what are you loving? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I was going to talk about, uh, my favorite rosé of the summer. It's called Ooh. summer water. And I actually brought it to like, as a housewarming gift the other week or the other night, like last week to a friend's house. And it got drank like this. Oh, like people are like, it's really good. And I, I have been kind of just bringing it to, you know, it's been like my gift. If I'm going somewhere, like yeah. attending somebody's house, it's like, Oh, like, you know, this is what I bring and it's never not gone. I think it's a really good rosé. It's part of like Wink, W-I-N-C, which I believe is still a wine um, distribution or subscription platform. Subscription box. If they still do that. I'm actually not sure. I mean, that's a great idea. Yeah. Like you sign up and every month you get like new wines. And I believe that it's like within their like umbrella of wines that they own now. Cause I think they own certain brands. Um, but yeah, and the packaging really, is so cute. Yeah. The packaging is really cute. It's like perfect for the summer, obviously, because it's, they call it summer water, which <laughs> is very fitting because a lot of people only drink rosé in the summer. Yeah. I'm not a huge rosé drinker, but I do like summer water. Cause it's a little bit lighter. Like it's not too sweet. 
Yeah. It's not super sweet. So that would just kind of be my, especially if you're going into like labor day weekend, this is kind of our last, like August is here. I mean, I consider September still a little bit summer, but you know, you get all those Instagram crazies out. They're going to start posting about Halloween like tomorrow was literally just about to say there are Instagram influencers who started posting about fall and Halloween on August 1st. And I was like, I can't, I, I can't. I know. I sometimes have to mute those people because it's like, I don't want to wish summer away. Like I still want to enjoy summer, but they they do it because they make, they're making money off of it. It's like, There, it that bothers me. Okay, not to go on this tangent, but I'll just say this: just say it how it is. Don't be like, I love fall so much that like I can't not post about it on August first. It's like, no, bitch, you're making a shit ton of money because you're because people are starting to buy decorations. They are going to start buying fall clothes. Like they're not going to keep buying summer clothes in August unless they live in like the south. So they're like making a ton of money off of affiliate links. That's why they do it. And with their fall content. Yeah. Cause they're, cause they're starting to like, instead of starting fall content in fall, when people are like, obvious, I mean, it's obviously smart. It's not like we, we would probably start posting fall stuff early September. I just remember one time we like tried to start early and we were outside in New York. So what dripping sweating? Sweat. Yeah. I mean, there were so many Reddit threads about the fall influencers about people posting the degrees it is in the cities that they're in while posting. So they'll be like, it was literally 98 degrees in upstate New York today, but they're in a pumpkin patch. And then they, (laughs) then they color change the the trees to be a different color. And then people will post like they, they're not that color. So it's just hilarious. Like this, this is the world that we live in that sometimes I'm like, I need to like, not, I need to like get another hobby on top of this hobby that turned into my full-time job because it's so stupid. One time when I was living in LA, I was like, I I can't make LA content. Like it's fall time. I have to go to a pumpkin patch and I have to wear a sweater. We drove like to Palm Springs, because that's where the closest pumpkin patch was. I wear, I wore boots, a sweater, a hat and a scarf. It was 95 degrees. Yeah. Like I'm, degrees. I'm going to do my fall content like in October, like a normal person, like, but- a nor- <laughs> like I'm going to share my Halloween costume on Halloween, <laughs> on Halloween, like a normal person, like a normie. God, Oof, how did we get there? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but yes, definitely let us know what you guys liked about this episode. Anything you want us to talk about next week or in two weeks, um, you can DM us at, at so random podcast on Instagram or just at Court and Kelly. Thanks guys. Bye.